Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to start talking to your kids about financial literacy? Meet Greenlight, the debit card and money app that teaches kids and teens how to earn, save, spend wisely, and invest with your guardrails in place. Parents can send instant money transfers, automate allowance, and more. Plus, keep an eye on spending with real-time notifications. Join more than 6 million parents and kids building healthy financial habits together on Greenlight. Get your first month free at greenlight.com slash ACAST. That's greenlight.com slash ACAST. Hello and welcome to another episode of Friends with Friends. Uh, My name's Pete Allison and this week's mystery guest, reveal yourself. Uh, ahoy hoy, it's my, my name's Day. Oh, what's, what what show are we parodying here? Because I'm trying to work it out and I'm also, I've only just woken up. I'm not parodying anything. Uh, right, I panicked then. I thought I was supposed to do like a, you know, like This Is Your Life when you're supposed to do, like, do a little voiceover. Uh, oh, okay. you may remember me from such podcasts as Friends with Friends. Yeah. What other podcasts are you remembered from, Dave? Uh, remembered from is a different that's, a, that's, a, that's different isn't it what have I done I saw a thing the other day this isn't to do with friends but it's sort of to do with us I saw a big billboard there's been a big billboard advertising campaign for a new podcast where these two girls go on dates and then talk about it oh what's it called um, I don't know I can't remember I'll, don't, I'll, don't give it the airtime actually no, absolutely not. And anyway, I just, you know, as a context, thing, that, that used to be our thing. We did that. That's how we started our podcasting journey, isn't it, Peter? Yeah. yeah. Um, and we did actually, we, we, we keep threatening to dig out the old episodes and put them up, but it's a lot of work because we're not sure yeah, exactly where they you are. You remember why we need to listen through to them again, don't you? I do, Pete. Nom, nom, yeah. nom. Oh. Uh, so let's move on to <laughs> this week's episode of Friends, eh? Yes, let's. Uh, who's the request from, Dave? Uh, the request, Peter, is from Naomi. Naomi says, Hi, guys. Love your podcast. It was the best when I was working on my PhD and a great distraction in the lockdowns. When's this request from, Lockdowns? Pete? Remember those? When's this request from? Uh, over a year ago. Yeah, fine. Okay, that's good. This makes more sense. I'd like to request the one with the Princess Leia fantasy. It's a really funny episode, reminding me why the early seasons were so good. Joey lives up to the whole friends, wanting Janice out of the group thing. Ross learning that women talk about their boyfriends. Leads to some great gags as they tease about his fantasy. But it's the little moments that make this episode for me. Monica dropping Richard's drain hair in Ross's cereal. Phoebe cinnamon rolls on her ears and Joey and Count Rushmore and the opening scene too and an awesome visit from Jack Geller and a more disturbing moment with Judy. What more can you ask for in an episode? That is a, a, a She sold it well. She sold it well. Succinct description of it. But do you know what I am going to do, Pete and Naomi? I'm going to read out the synopsis because last week we didn't and we missed out on a Peter Bonas moment and I was sad about that. That's true. So, season three, episode one, one with the Princess Leia fantasy, four five four six five two five one. 
Nothing much to that, is there? No strong emotions, no. No. Uh, Ross reveals a sexual fantasy to Rachel, which involves Princess Leia's gold bikini from Return of the Jedi. Monica suffers from insomnia after breaking up with Richard, and Chandler, back together with Janice, wants Joey to bond with her. A seemingly impossible request. Those are sort of the three strands. What I would say, and this ties in with Naomi's message, is for the first, like, five or six minutes of this episode, I was just going, like, this is such good peak friends like joke after joke after joke loads of funny stuff um loads of like memorable moments little catchphrases it is just a good reminder of how like that sort of peak of the early friends was, was so good isn't it and i guess at the start of season three it's kind of they they obviously knew that they were really onto something as well yeah. because there's that really funny open with the sofa in central Park, yes. which is the open of a whole season right and it shows this kind of confidence that exactly. by season three, audience are ready for some subtle in-jokes with the sofa. So they walk into Central Park and the sofa's already full of people and they don't really know how to handle it, do they? So they just leave. And that is a joke that you just, you couldn't have done in the first season because nobody would have got it. No, exactly, exactly. The show's established enough now that that trope is really obvious. But then like you say, they've got that confidence to go, now we're going to fuck with this formula. People are really into this. And it's so confident in the sense that you know, there's a bit of chatter as they walk into the coffee shop. But once they're in there, Chandler just says, huh? And that's the only word in the whole scene. And that's yeah. your cold open for the whole thing. Um, which is, yeah, like you say, like reeks of like confidence almost to the point of arrogance, doesn't it? To be like, we're just going to do a one word cold open. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the people on the sofa, Pete? Uh, crew? The writers. Oh, is it? Yeah, the writers, who make quite an appearance in this episode because the contestant on Wheel of Fortune is also one of the writers. Oh, really? Um, so, again, it feels like the writers are gaining a lot of confidence and putting yeah, themselves so in the show. Yeah, too confident, I think, yeah. <laughs> Dial it back. I know, right? Chill the hell out. It's also, as far as I can tell, and I'm just doing a mental Rolodex, I think it's the only cult, like start to a new season that just starts fresh, if that makes sense. That doesn't follow on. So season one, you know, the airport. Season, oh, yeah. Season yeah, two, pick episode up one, where they left you off. pick up in the airport. Exactly. You know, he picks up in London, pick up at the beach, pick up at the wedding, all this sort of stuff. I'm pretty sure all the rest of them, um, I'm sure someone will correct me because, again, it's, a, it's early and I'm tired, but I'm pretty sure every other season picks up pretty much where it left off. And this one... The end of the previous season was Janice walking back in. Um, and, you know, because Chandler had been chatting to her on online on his giant, massive computer. Um, and, yeah, this, it, doesn't, it, doesn't, it doesn't pick up from there, does it? No, you're right. And it sort of just sits there and then, you know, it, it continues a bit later, but it's not until the third scene where, where we get... Sort of the establishment of Chandler and Janice as a relationship. So, should we start with Chandler and Janice then? Yeah, let's do that. Let's do that. Um, this is a strange, rare example of Joey not being a very good friend. Yeah, I put that as well because it, he's too open about his loathing for Janice. It's too blunt, it's too mean, it's too inconsiderate of. Chandler's feelings, his best mate, and also Joey looks like he needs a good hair wash. Oh, he really does, doesn't he? Yeah, it's not his finest luck, is it? But yeah, it's that thing of going, 
Joey's what well, we know, what we've noted, and maybe he grows into it a little bit more, but he's so good at putting his friend's feelings and concerns above the reality of the situation, you know, and above his person. But here, A, there's no reason, as we've discussed, to hate Janice. She's got a slightly annoying voice. That's it. She's actually, you know, what we see in this in this first episode is she's made loads of pancakes and she's really happy with Chandler and she's gone to borrow some syrup and, you know... Frankly, if you woke up and your roommate's girlfriend had made shitloads of pancakes, I'd be thrilled. Also, Chandler implies when Joey comments on the pancakes, he's like, oh, as if I could make those. Pancakes, pretty uh, entry level food item to try and make. Like, if you can't make pancakes, you can't make fucking anything, my friend. As skill levels go, you need three ingredients, one pan, and some heat. And really, very little sort of culinary skill. You put the ingredients that you've mixed into the pan and you wait for them to finish. <laughs> and also, who has, in both apartments at the same time, who has time for this sort of elaborate communal breakfast on a work day? Well, there's so many pancakes, which just brings me to a couple of issues. One, like you say, that's a lot of time because pancakes you have to do one at a time unless you've got a sort of multiple pan set up. And two... All those pancakes are going to be cold. That's a full plate. Only the last one is going to be warm because pancakes go cold so quickly, don't they? Yeah, exactly. I just, I just feel like <laughs> I don't know what you're playing at, Janice. Come on, everyone knows you make pancakes and you just eat them as you go, don't you? Uh, yes, you do the whole process in repeat, don't you? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, I haven't had any pancakes since I've been here, actually, Pete. That feels like a an. A, some an omission in the American world, you know? What, loaded with sort of various syrups and sugars Yes, although and I did fruits. use a waffle iron yesterday at breakfast. They had a, one of those create your own waffle, create, make your own waffles at uh, breakfast, so I made a waffle. Um, creates really embellishing the process with a bit of theatre, isn't it? Well, Chandler couldn't create a pancake, could he? Well, no, exactly. Um, so Joey's determined to break them up to the point where he goes to the other friends and is like, how can we... How can we make our friend Chandler unhappy? And again, it doesn't quite chime with the Joey we know. Um, Do you know the other thing in this bit that doesn't chime with the people that we know is Ross being like, hey, maybe we should just support our friend and get over it. Yeah, yeah. Ross isn't that good a guy at this stage, is he? But credit where it's due. He says the right thing in that situation. Although it is bad when you're friend goes out with someone who's fucking dreadful yeah but again there's this is the difference isn't there this is the thing that i think it was literally episode one of this entire podcast or episode three sorry first guest helen monks was the first to say chandler isn't going out with someone dreadful he's going out with actually just quite a nice caring normal woman yes that has a silly voice like it's not like she's awful or toxic or making his life hell or you know manipulating him or anything like that she is just sort of a happy-go-lucky scamp and also she just made joey some breakfast as well so exactly exactly count your bloody blessings joey and eat your bloody pancakes And again, Janice is the grown-up in this situation. She hears about the situation. She confronts him in a very nice way, not in an aggressive way, and just says, this isn't going to work, is it? Like, Chandler's your friend. He's my boyfriend. Let's try and work this out. And she deals with it in a very mature and, you know, applaudable way. 
quite a uniquely mature way as well, because I think most people in that situation would either A, be embarrassed yes. and and just not, you know, not want to confront it, or B, uh, be angry. And she's not. She takes no. moral high ground C, well, I'm going to try and <laughs> win you over and we'll have a nice time together. Justice for Janice. J for J. Also, Joey, pretending to her face that you've had a lovely time all day, and then as soon as she leaves, being like, oh, God, that was awful. Bitch. <laughs> it's really strangely two-faced from Joey, this whole thing, isn't it? She, he does, he's, yeah, like you say, he he is trying, and I get that, but I don't think the way he presents this to Chandler is very, is as a, a sort of applaudable as he thinks it is. He's like, no, don't you see? This is huge. It means I can stand to be around your awful yeah, girlfriend. How good of you. Yeah. How good of you. He's like, don't worry, I've solved it. She might be an absolute disaster monster, but I can just about bear it so we can hang out. So it's all good. She's it's earned like, my tolerance. Yeah, yeah. I mean... Oh, I know. It just, it, it, I, I guess the only defense Joey has is that he himself says he doesn't understand what it is. He says it's like a chemical thing, doesn't he? He's like, there's just this thing that annoys me. But, um, but yeah, no, overall, I don't think Joey comes out of this very well, does he? No, fair point. So where to next then, Peter? Ross and Leia or Monica? Let's get Monica and Richard out of the way, because actually this plot line bums me out. There's... I don't really feel like there's too much to say about it, other than it feels quite... um, It feels very different seeing a heartbroken Monica, like a sort of, well, depressed, right? Like literally depressed. Yeah. Um, And that's the only thing that I think we're rewarded for putting up with um, quite a mopey plot is the really lovely, quite special scene with Jack at the end. Yeah, and it is, that is nice, isn't it? And that's a really lovely um, sort of way to round off the whole thing. But up to then, it is just like, I know, like we've all been through heartbreak. It is horrible. And I'm not blaming Monica because at the end of the day, she's a fictional character and to blame her would be insane. But just as a way to spend a third of an episode of a sitcom, it just feels there's not enough like... There aren't many. There aren't many laughs in it. That's the thing. Usually, when Friends does uh, low-key downbeat plot, there are still some laughs in it, and there aren't. Exactly. There's there's the the couple of moments, like Naomi said, the 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 hair in the cereal, and and actually, and I don't work at the Szechuan Dragon yet. There's a couple of nice lines, but for the most part, it is just. It feels like it brings the vibe of the whole episode down, and this whole episode's great. Otherwise. and actually, one of the strangest lines in the whole episode for me is when Monica says she wants them to take her home or to a galaxy far, far away. It doesn't feel like that's a joke she would make at that moment. No, I know what you mean. It comes right out of her sort of, she's wandering around, she doesn't know where she is. She went to pick up some videos in the Civil War, and as she's sort of being carted off home, she makes this strange joke about, uh, let's remember, her brother's sexual fantasies. Yeah, I really feel like in that moment, um, she, well, uh, there's never a good time to hear about your sibling's sexual fantasies, but that moment particularly, she, she probably doesn't need to know about Ross's kinks, does she, at any point? Like, yeah, or let alone joke about them. Well, that's like you've you've put the finger on the nail, think nail on the head. You've hit the nail on the head. What's the phrase? That's it, isn't it? Nail on the head. I've hit the nail on the head. You've hit your finger on the head of the nail. But 
what this implies more than anything, like the, the fact she jokes about it is weird, but what it actually tells us is that either Rachel or Phoebe, during her real down phase of like, you're feeling so bad you can barely function and sleep, has gone, hey, do you know what you might want to talk about? <laughs> is Ross and what he wants to do to your best friend in bed. And like, yeah. one of them has gone, well, I guess we might as well chat about your brother's sex stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And that feels like not the right way to try and cheer somebody up when they're in this sort of uh, situation, does it? A couple of nice, really nice Phoebe lines in this episode. Uh, and we're skipping ahead to favourite lines a little bit here, but when they're talking about Monica's sort of uh, down phase in the kitchen, and I just really enjoy the whole Phoebe, uh, oh, this makes sense, because I got a phone call last night and it was just someone squeaking, and I thought it'd be a mouse or a possum. But then I thought, <laughs> where would yeah. a mouse or a possum get the money to make a phone call? And I love those. like, And that comes just after that really incidental bit about Hold Me Close, Young Tony Danza. And yes, that's great. just Phoebe and Lisa Kudrow having a lot of fun with that character in this early friend stage of just like, Phoebe's a bit nuts and that is really fun and she says some silly stuff and we all have a nice time the tony danza line though you can see lisa kudrow breaking can't you she she even as she says it it's almost like phoebe knows she's making a joke but i don't think that's supposed to be the case i just think that you can sort of see them all having so much fun at this stage you know of, of that's yeah i think the there's a, just this general sense of season three starting with them all in gear and the show itself in gear yeah, yeah, exactly. This must be, like, probably the best time to have been an actor in Friends. Do you know what I mean? You've yeah. done two great seasons. You've probably just renegotiated a great contract. You're on the cover of all the magazines. You're having a great time. You're into cool parties. Your show is the thing. And you're like, right, we're going to absolutely milk this and absolutely lord it up. And fair fucks to him. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, get 20, 20, get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Want to teach your kids financial literacy, but not sure where to start? Greenlight can help. With Greenlight, parents can keep an eye on kids' spending and saving, while kids and teens use a card of their own to build money confidence. As a parent, you can send instant money transfers, set up chores, automate allowance, and more. It's a convenient way to run your household, customized to your family's needs, and the easy way to raise financially smart kids. Get started with Greenlight today and get your first month free at greenlight.com slash ACAST. Okay, to the, to the Princess Leia, is it? 
Yes, I do <laughs> like. Um, I do really like Ross's sort of boyish nervousness when he's revealing this kink. I think my favourite line of the whole episode. Just not really the words, just the way it's delivered is Ross saying, it was pretty cool. <laughs> when yeah, he's, just, yeah. he's just revealed this whole sexual fantasy in a, yeah, like you say, a really nervous, like almost like it's the first time him and Rachel have actually talked about sex, which is well, plausible. She even, it, it also feels like she's sort of stealing herself up for, um, she has to sort of psych herself up for the conversation about fantasies doesn't she yes it, it she's sort of like nervously sort of oh well what about you like it isn't a conversation that is coming naturally to her no and this is this it's kind of a strange plot line in a sense because friends does talk about sex and refer to sex but this is quite an in this is the first time we see quite an intimate conversation between a couple basically going Hey, what are you into? What what are we gonna do in this in the bedroom? You know, and it's it's a yeah. real sort of curveball introduction into sort of you know bordering on. Hey, what's your kinks? What are your fantasies? But like, it is a it is a sort of for a kink for kink chat just to lead to a nice like Star Wars joke. It could be a lot darker, couldn't it? Like, it could have oh, been yeah. like choking or something. <laughs> like, it's 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 a, it's as mild as it kind of gets. I think. <laughs> I'm just imagining the alternate friends episode where Rachel goes, So, uh, what sort of stuff are you into? And he's like, Get out a knife from the bed. <laughs> yeah. Oh my yeah. god, yeah. Um Oh yeah, well you're quite right, Pete. You've you've painted a very different picture of how that scene could have gone. Anyway, so they discuss this and then basically we get this whole plot that plays out based on the premise that men literally never say anything to each other. Like I don't know if this is because it's now 30 years later and we've all progressed as a species. Um, but the idea that, you know, at one point Ross literally says, oh, we talk about, you know, who slept with a stripper, but we never talk about, like, our girlfriends and stuff. <laughs> like, imagine not talking about your partner to your friend in any way. And also, I think that's, I don't know, maybe I'm basing this on, like, my my own experience, but, like, I, th- I think you you do talk about those things with your Usually, you like, have to, right? Even even in like these sort of classic examples of heteronormative relationships, yeah, like lads talking about lad stuff, like that that happens a lot, right? Yeah, yeah. If anything, it feels like it's more of a stereotype that men would talk about sex. Yes, yeah. and you'd perhaps make the stereotypical assumption that girls would be a bit more like private i think that's i'm not saying that that's what i think i just mean that that that's the sort of expectation generally isn't it there's a strange like adorable naivety to all of the sort of sex and fantasy chat isn't there even like rachel is completely unaware that this princess leia thing might be a thing that men might be into you know a really hot actress in a gold bikini in one of the biggest films in the world and she's like oh i don't know i didn't didn't realize that was a thing whereas phoebe and this very much ties in with Phoebe's sort of sexual history, as we understand it, is basically like, yeah, I've done all that before. Yeah, that's a big thing. And then gets a kick out of a pager vibrating on her. Yeah, that must be one of the earliest uh, television vibrating phone slash pager acting as a sexual arousal technique. You know, that's yeah. such a thing now, isn't it? But Or it was such a thing for a while. But um, a vibrating pager, it must, be quite, it must have been quite early. Pagers, man. Did you ever have a pager? Did I have a... Pa- Dave, I was like four. 
Nobody, funnily enough, no one wanted to get hold of me in the 90s. Pages were around. Didn't pages, get many calls. Pages were around when I was in secondary school. People had pages, man. Did they? Yeah. No, I, no one, I'm never, I'm not even aware of my parents having a pager. No, your parents definitely were. Oh, maybe not. Maybe they were too old by then. It was quite common for kids to have a pager so their parents could be like. What? Yeah. It was yeah. not common for kids to have a pager. It wasn't. This is where our age difference is. You know, we've got about six years between us, haven't we? Or five years between us. Yeah, six, not 60. Right? <laughs> Look, anyone that is roughly my age, 86... Not that the year I was born, not the age I am. <laughs> you look well on it. <laughs> Thank you very much. And back me up. People had pages, right? So their parents could get in touch with them and stuff. That there was, I'd say the period I feel lasted. on Instagram, did you have a pager post coming on? That's, that's going to be necessary, isn't it? It only happened for maybe a year or two because mobile phones came in very quickly after that. But I got my first mobile phone in 1997 or 98, I think. Nokia 3210, original snake. Um, but there was definitely a period. I never had a pager personally, but people definitely had pagers. That, that was a thing. That's all I'm saying. They were fucking useless, though. The first ones, you couldn't even put a message on the pager. You just had to... It just beeped, and then you had to. So, ring. Was it, would it just would it just be letting you know that a particular number was trying to get hold of you? Not even that. The first, that's how it got to, and the number would flash up on the screen. That was like the advanced pager. Initially, it would just literally beep, right, and then you'd have to ring the number. And then on the phone, they would tell you the number that was trying to get in touch oh, with Oh, that's you. a load of old shit. Why would you even bother? <laughs> Honestly, you might as well have just sent a fucking fax. Yeah. And faxes were big in the day. Yeah. But, um, yeah, absolutely wild to think that was a sort of technological advance at some point. Anyway, I can't help but feel Ross is surprisingly annoyed to find out that Rachel's told Phoebe. Like, I can't imagine why you'd be that annoyed. He seems very embarrassed but it's not like she's posted it on Twitter. I know it wasn't a thing then. It's not like she's gone mad and sort of shouted it from the rooftops. She's told very close friends that they all trust about this, let's face it, Pete, as we discussed, quite tame fantasy. Yeah, but it's all it's all very it's all very ego related for Ross, isn't it? So he's sort of embarrassed because of how it makes him look. And then as soon as he finds out that she's talking about their sex life in a positive way, and he obviously makes that comment about the night five times, even though it wasn't with Rachel, it was with Carol. Rachel um, deals with that very well, by the way, doesn't she? she does, I don't yeah. think you'd enjoy yourself, someone bringing up a sex marathon with an ex and you'd be like quick question yeah what happens five times what as in what is the night of five times yeah I think five sexes isn't it yeah but but to completion is that what you're saying yeah who 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 did what five times yeah (laughs) Yeah. did they both I know I the implication surely must be that he I don't know why I'm suddenly big or prude when I massively <laughs> overshared in the bit that our, our poor Patreon listeners get to hear. Oh, honestly, the if you're not I'm a Patreon, so sorry. If, if you're not a Patreon subscriber and you've been umming and ahhing about doing oh, it, God. just for this, just do it for this month, just for this episode, because Pete told us a story in the introduction uh, to this week's episode on this very episode so it's just the bit before the theme music that we do every week that i think you're gonna want to i just really want the whole family of fourth f- listeners to don't add family to share that, that context please <laughs> anyway yes it's strange you're being prudish now but i think it 
it must be that he. Oh, why, why are we dancing? No, I it? think it's that he made. Oh, Carol, do you? Yeah, Five well, times. because you'd be proud of that, like right? It's like a look how good at, at in bed I am. I, I enabled. Yeah. I, I enabled my woman to. <laughs> <laughs> to, oh, okay. to, to do such and such five like, times. orgasm gonna, that's is, okay i'm just gonna <laughs> i'm just gonna knock it on the head what five times for, for, for any man frankly is such like, exhausting yeah you need there's a lot of it'd just be air by the end wouldn't it you know <laughs> it's like when a dog goes <laughs> like my dog will pee like when he first gets on a walk, yeah, and then by it the cocks end, his leg and then nothing happens. The and yeah. happens by the end because he's trying to mark his territory, but he's got nothing left in the tank. Um, but yeah, but frankly, for 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 any man to get there five times would involve some sort of sort of like um, fitness and conditioning schedule. I think of mm. rest and recuperation. Uh, mm. There's a lot going on there. Anyway, look, we've got into the night of five times a bit deeper than I thought we would. As it were, no pun intended. Uh, while they're talking about that, do you notice what Ross was eating, though? Non-sexual. No. An ice cream. Yes, I did notice this, actually. Continuity error. Ross doesn't eat ice cream. It hurts his teeth. That's true. But we don't know that till later on. Anyway, just just wanted to get that out there. Um, talking of strange details, when Ross and Chandler eventually chat about this stuff in Central Perk, right? So, you know, there's this sort of sort of coy chat when Ross is like, so do you want to talk about stuff? And then they end up doing the whole Chandler picturing his mum in bed. And that is frankly horrifying. And not the thing you would lead with if this was the first time you'd ever been talking to your friend about this sort of stuff, is it? No, nope, true. But do you know it's the book Chandler was reading? No. <laughs> Trout, an illustrated history. Oh. Uh, maybe he likes fishing. Why is Chandler reading a book on trout? Uh, it's, a very spe- it's very specific to do a book about one particular fish species. It is, isn't it? I can't imagine is it, uh, how much is there to say about trout, frankly. Um, no, I, I mean, my trout knowledge is quite poor. Yes, well, as is mine, I've got zero trout knowledge, apart from the fact that that book exists. Um, but then they have this chat. Chandler reveals two of his fantasies, uh, both of which will become pertinent in in future friends, Elle McPherson and the girl from the Xerox place. Oh, yeah. Uh, both key figures in friends in various ways. Um, and then, yeah, we just get this whole, which, frankly having sex with your mum thing which is just not a nice just not a nice image for anybody to have in them in their mind at any point is it no um and then obviously this impacts on uh ross's princess leia moment right at the end of the episode and poor christina pickles getting a call just to say can you come and dress up as princess leia to uh pretend your Ross's mum in a fantasy where he's imagining having sex with his but like what a strange call right so um Naomi provided a quiz thank you Naomi uh so shall we do the quiz that Naomi's provided oh I think that would be the only acceptable way forward here question one when Joey tells Chandler he feels bad for us not getting to go to the hockey game what does he call the three of them the three hockey tears. Correct. 
Uh, question two. Ross tells Rachel two sex and dating facts about Joey. One is that he dated a stripper. What's oh, the other fact? That's the one I can remember. Dated Staten Island. Stripper. Oh, what was it? Staten Island Ferry? Sex on the ferry, isn't it? Is it? Uh, he did it on the back of the Staten Island Ferry. God, that's hot. Like, have you been on the Staten Island Ferry? Uh, no. I don't know where you'd be doing that sex. Oh. Also, it'd be quite it'd be quite cold, wouldn't it, on uh, yeah, Staten Ferry? It is cold, right. but it's very public. The whole thing is very public, you know? Can't imagine it. Anyway, there you go. Next. Question three. When Phoebe's helping Monica to relax, she asks Monica where her happy place is. Where is it? Richard's, uh, it's, it's Richard's Drinking wine. Drinking wine, yes. Uh, correct. Uh Question for, is that the Staten Island Ferry going <laughs> That is an implausibly loud train outside our hotel room in Nashville. Right. We're right by like a very cool level crossing with like the big Nashville guitar uh, on it. But this train goes through every few hours and it honks a bloody horn like no one's business. Question four. Chandler talks about two women he sometimes imagines in bed before he scares Joey by mentioning his mother. Name one of the other women that he mentions. Al McPherson and Cl- Cl- Chloe from the Xerox place. Yeah, well, you get two points, Dave, because Naomi's generously given you one point for one correct answer. Yes. Oh, no. No, that doesn't necessarily mean you get... No, you got no. two. Yeah, fine. Yeah. Well, uh, Question five. Yeah. Who, who fucking cares? <laughs> um, finally, uh, what is one of the things that Joey and Janice did on their day of fun? Chinese food. Eat Chinese food. That's the one I was thinking. Yeah, and they went to some sort of sports game that I've immediately forgotten. Was it the Mets? Uh, they went to a Mets game and they got Chinese food. Yes. Oh, yes. One point for one correct answer. It was bat day at Shea Stadium. Naomi's got a very generous marking scheme. We've got 100 points there each, points I think. all over the place. And what do points um, make, Peter? Uh, equal? What do points equal? What's prizes. The yeah. <laughs> um, I think I fucked up the cue line, sorry. Yeah. Um, do you want to know what next week's episode is? Ah, uh, so much. Uh, it is season four. Episode seven, the one where Chandler crosses the line. Ah, ooh, good. Still good early friends. Into it, into it. Okay, Peter, do you know what? We will see you there. We'll see me there. (laughs) (laughs) Will we? (laughs) Fine. Yeah, we'll see me there next week on Friends with Friends. Yeah, fine. Fuck off, I'm going out to bed. Bye. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Are you a reality TV junkie? Do you ever think, dang, I wish I had someone to talk to about all the trash TV that I watch? Well, look no further, garbage lover, because Reality Gaze is a podcast for you. Hello, I'm Maddie. And I'm Poodle, and we're the Reality Gaze. We talk about all your favorite unscripted shows like The Golden Bachelor, Love is Blind, and TLC's big, messy behemoth, 90 Day Fiance. And if you're driving to work, folding laundry, or just pretending to listen to your husband talk about sports, just put on the pod, and you've instantly got two gay besties spilling all the tea and reading these people for filth. So come at us, y'all. Find Reality Gaze wherever you listen to podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com